Good morning and welcome to True Talk. Uh, this is your host Samar Jarrah, my co-host Ahmed Bidir and myself. We're going to be spending the hour talking about the latest in uh, Washington, uh, Senator Bob Menendez and the charges, the very serious charges against him. So stay tuned. You can uh, join us uh, by sending us uh, questions to dj at wmnf.org and maybe later on by calling the show. This is True Talk on WMNF 88.5 FM. Enjoy this music from Africa. Back to True Talk. This is your host Samar Jarrah. With me is my co-host Ahmed Bidir, and um, I really could not believe my ears uh, when I was listening to the news about Senator Bob Menendez, who is from the Democratic Party, and uh, he is um, from uh, New Jersey. And uh, maybe we should uh, listen to what the U.S. Attorney. Uh, general uh, in that state and uh, reading the details of the indictment and then we're going to be talking about it so let's listen I think the name is Damien William he is U.S. attorney for the Southern District of New York this corrupt relationship first the indictment alleges that Senator Menendez used his power and influence including his leadership role on the Senate Foreign Relations Committee to benefit the government of Egypt in various ways. Among other actions, Senator Menendez allegedly provided sensitive, non-public U.S. government information to Egyptian officials and otherwise took steps to secretly aid the government of Egypt. We also allege that Senator Menendez improperly pressured a senior official at the U.S. Department of Agriculture to protect a lucrative monopoly that the government of Egypt had awarded to Hana. 
a lucrative monopoly that Hana then used to fund certain bribe payments. Second, the indictment alleges that Senator Menendez used his power and influence to try to disrupt a criminal investigation and prosecution undertaken by the New Jersey Attorney General's office related to an associate and a relative of Uribe. Third, the indictment alleges that Senator Menendez used his power and influence to try to disrupt a federal prosecution of Davies in the District of New Jersey in two ways. First, by seeking to install a United States attorney who he thought could be influenced with respect to Davies. And second, by trying to influence that office to act favorably in Davies' case. And as we allege in the indictment, the senator agreed to do these things and use his power in this way because Hanna was paying bribes, because Uribe was paying bribes, and because Davies was paying bribes. Fortunately, the public officials the senator sought to influence did not bend to the pressure. That's a good thing. Now, as part of this investigation, special agents with the FBI executed search warrants on the residence and safe deposit box of Senator Menendez and Nadine Menendez in New Jersey. When they got there, they discovered approximately $500,000 of cash stuffed into envelopes and closets. Some of the cash was stuffed in the senator's jacket pockets. And some of the cash, some of the envelopes of cash contained Davy's fingerprints or Davy's DNA. That's not all. Agents also discovered a lot of gold, gold that was provided by Davies and Hanna. And the FBI, of course, found the Mercedes-Benz that Uribe had provided them. Now, the items that the FBI uncovered are discussed in the indictment, which I encourage all of you to read carefully. Let's take a look at just some of the items. So as you can see here, this is the Mercedes-Benz that we allege that Uribe provided as part of the scheme. What you see here are three kilograms of gold. These three kilograms together are worth approximately $150,000. And of course here you can see just a fraction of the cash that was uncovered as part of the scheme. Thinking about going solar, but not... Uh, welcome back to True Talk. That you were listening to a press conference by uh, U.S. Attorney for the Southern District of New York, Damian Williams, uh, announced the indictment of Senator Bob Menendez of New Jersey. Summer. Yes, Ahmed. Uh, what uh, What was your first thought when you uh, heard this? Because to me. Um, it was so many different information uh, for somebody, you know, who is like you from that part of the world, uh, Halal, uh, Monopoly, uh, Wa'il Hanna, who is a Christian name. But why would a Christian have the monopoly over supplying 100 million people in Egypt with uh, Halal meat? Uh, what does this have to do with gold? What does this have to do with Bob Menendez? I mean, it, to me, it was very confusing. And really, I had to sit down and read and read and read. So I don't know um, if you have ever heard that Bob Menendez had any relationship with Egypt. I thought he was responsible actually for a kind of uh, punishing countries that have violations of uh, human rights. So I give it to you, Ahmed, because... Um, 
you're you know you're originally Egyptian and you know Egypt more than I do and maybe this makes sense to you but it doesn't make sense to me at all well I mean uh, I it wasn't when I first heard the news I thought of you know uh, not again because this is not the first time that Bob Menendez Senator Bob Menendez who by the way is a very powerful senator in Washington he is the chairman uh, of the uh, Foreign uh, Affairs or Foreign Relations Committee in the Senate, very powerful position. And he's been a senator for quite some time, but this is not the first time he's been indicted. Uh, in 2015, there was an indictment. Um, there was a federal grand jury in Miami that was investigating Menendez's role advocating for the business interest of uh, Florida ophthalmologist Solomon Melvin who's a close friend and a major donor, and the U.S. Department of Justice indicted Menendez and Melgan in a case back then in 2016. Uh, the charges against Menendez include bribery, fraud, and making false statements. And according to the indictment, Menendez asked top State Department official to pressure the Dominican Republic government to enforce a port security contract that would benefit Melgan's company while at the same time Melgan was promising to give $60,000 to Menendez's campaign. So I mean, this is, again, back then in 2016, the similar indictment involving um, a donor and uh, somebody and putting pressure on a different country that involved, you know, State Department of a different country. Uh, later on, in um, that indictment was actually dropped, I think, in 2017 or 2018 or because they failed to get a conviction um separately i mean um the other person that was uh indicted in that solomon melgan ended up uh, being convicted uh but you know in the end of trump's term president trump actually commuted his sentence in january 2021 just right before he left office um so now, in 2023, just last Friday, another indictment involving very similar kind of allegations that Menendez is taking money. Um, him and his wife are accepting gifts and money from a, uh, three individuals, mainly led by a guy named uh, Will Hanna or Wet and Hanna. And, uh, you know, as we just heard in the in announcement of the indictment by the U.S. Attorney in New Jersey, uh, that they found $500,000 in cash, some in his house, uh, tucked in, you know, his jackets with his name on it, meaning Menendez's jacket, and also in a safe deposit box. And, uh, you know, in investigating, they found DNA of the people that were bribing him on the the currency. Wow. So, um, and also the DNA of Menendez. And they also found these gold bars. I mean, these things are made up, like things you hear about in the movies. Menendez had these gold bars, one kilo each, um, in his house. He had three of them. Each one is worth $50,000. So they were also paying him in uh, bribing in gold bullion. And um, something as silly as... When Menendez, he was on a trip to Egypt, some official trip, I think in 2021. And at some point when he got back or while he was there, he Googled on his phone, how much is a kilogram of gold worth? And then they go and they find 
the gold at his house. Um, I mean, you know, the one thing that shows you that, you know, when the FBI wants to go after somebody, it doesn't matter how powerful they are. You know, they are. They use the same mechanisms and uh, they eventually follow the leads. What it shows here that not only was Menendez and his wife, uh, Nadine Menendez, were taking bribes and doing illegal activity, trying to push favors for their donors or those that are bribing them. Um, but also they're very clumsy about it. They didn't actually take make any effort to hide anything. Um, he was sending text messages. He would go and meet with, uh, this is all according to the indictment. He would meet with um, State Department officials, or he would first meet with, uh, you know, this uh, Will Hanna, uh, who would uh, who's asking for favors for the Egyptian government or on their behalf, or he would actually meet with officials from the Egyptian government, um, some from the military. I think one that people identified um, or mentioned, they called him the general. And then he would go and make these demands of the State Department or push a letter out to, uh, to his colleagues, and then would report immediately about what he did by sending a text message to his wife, Nadine, saying what he did, and then she would go and, in turn, forward that message to um, the person making the bribes, Will Hanna, and then he would forward it to the, the Egyptian, his Egyptian contacts in the Egyptian government. Um, this even included, at one point, uh, the uh, U.S. Senate was putting on hold, some, or the State Department and the U.S. government in general was putting some sort of hold on military aid or a portion of the military aid that goes to Egypt. And uh, Menendez was tasked uh, in exchange for the bribes to uh, try to get those uh, suspensions lifted. So the military aid or that was being held, I think at the time, $150 million mm -hmm. to uh, proceed to the Egyptian government. And then he actually would report back to them. So um, very unfortunate. And it just seemed to me like the amount of money that he was receiving um, you know, not I, I don't know. It's not worth the risk. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's I, I $500,000. Read... I read Ahmed. Helping pay for a mortgage. Yeah. Yeah, I read Ahmed that his uh, in newly. I mean, his new wife. Her name is Nadine Arslanian, which is like um, it's like an Armenian name. Um, uh, could be of like She's from Lebanon, Lebanon roots. Could uh, could be Armenian, Lebanese, Armenian, Syrian, Armenian, Egyptian. But I read somewhere that her relationship with Wael Hanna, the Egyptian businessman in New Jersey, was like goes back to 20, 30 years. And there are some people again on uh, Twitter um, trying to say was was she kind of planted uh, into um, mm. uh, and like because the relationship between her and Hannah, the financial, let's say, help was going on before she married Menendez and then it continued. Um, and like you said, Ahmed, uh, there is a lot of speculation. And I have to tell our listeners that Ahmed and I tried to contact the very journalist who broke the story. She's actually an Egyptian and lives in Egypt. Uh, but um, I don't think uh, she wants to be on the air. But um, the it's well, I amazing. Think that journalist, uh, uh, the journalist that broke this story did not break the story about the bribery, but broke the initial story 
about the couple of years ago of how Wa'il Hanna had got some sort of monopoly on the halal certification business coming out of the United States towards Egypt and uh, possibly other parts of, um, you know, in, in Latin America that, you know, and, and which had a ripple effect. And, and the reason why they were investigating that to begin with was in Egypt, the prices of imported meat all of a sudden skyrocketed mm -hmm. in, in Egypt and people were not sure what's going on, how the prices skyrocket like that. And um, the organization media outlet called Meta Masser, uh, their editor and uh, the, the staff writer that you mentioned, they followed the leads and it led them to, to New Jersey and this guy, Wael Hanna, who had no previous experience whatsoever in the halal certification business, uh, halal meat. Um, and all of a sudden, this company that he founded was now charging 20 times what previous companies or other competitors used to charge for uh, certifying um, a halal meat to be exported to Egypt. And Egypt uh, has a rule or, or a law that all the ex-imported meat that comes from the outside has to be certified as halal maybe, before it can be imported and sold there. Maybe, Ahmed, before we continue, you could uh, explain to our listeners uh, what do we mean by halal? Halal is um, the literal word. It's an Arabic word. It means permitted. The opposite of halal is haram, which means not permitted or not you know, permissible. So in um, just like other religious, like other religions in Islam, there are things that are allowed, um, aka permitted, and things that are not permitted to do. Especially like if you can compare it to the Jewish community or Judaic uh, Jewish law, and um, uh, they have certain dietary restrictions as well in the Jewish community. I'm sure you've heard of kosher, and you know uh, observing Jewish uh, members will not eat you know, meat or, you know, will not eat products or consume products that are not kosher. So halal is the, is the Arabic word that's equivalent to kosher. It means it's um, the product uh, is permitted to be consumed, which would mean for us is that uh, the it does not include, for example, uh, any type of swine or, you know, pork product. It does not include alcohol. Um, it was not some sort of dead animal, like, you know, it, it's not permitted for a Muslim, for example, to eat a roadkill. Like if somebody runs uh, into some sort of animal and the animal dies, you can't just cut it up and eat it. Um, and it also cannot have some sort of, you know, cannot have, uh, Muslims are not allowed to consume blood, for example. So uh, there are different specific uh, restrictions on uh, what is halal. And especially when it comes to um, animal meat, mm -hmm. um, like cows or, you know, uh, lambs or others, goat, there, you know, there's certain goats. Yeah, there's certain that has to be cut according or slaughtered or, you know, killed according to certain restrictions, um, according to Islamic uh, law, which makes it halal. For example, it cannot be, uh, an animal cannot be sacrificed in the name of, some other idol or deity or something. And uh, the bl blood has to drain from the body completely. It cannot be killed before the slaughtering. And even, you know, certain aspects when they do slaughter it, 
Um, they cannot simply cut off the whole neck because they have to allow for the blood to drain. You know, there's a whole science behind yeah. this. So what happens is, just like in the Jewish community, and they have kosher certifiers that go and certify that kitchens or animals are kosher, uh, likewise, they have halal certifiers. And this is, um, some of them are, you know, for profit, some of them are non-profit, but their job is to go inspect and make sure whoever is selling or providing this meat, meat plants or um, slaughterhouses are following these specific, uh, you know, things. And of course, uh, countries like Egypt and, you know, many of the Muslim majority countries that require halal meat or only allow halal meat to be imported they uh, depend and rely on these certifications and certifiers to make sure that these things, uh, these items, especially when it comes to me, is halal certified. Mm -hmm. So somehow, Wa'il Hanna is a person who started, got into the halal certification business after or, you know, or around the time he got in business with, um, with Menendez. And he's never had experience in that before. And even he's not even Muslim, so he's not even from the faith. And usually that would be like, for example, me becoming a kosher certifier and I would go certify certain companies to be kosher when I have nothing to do with that community. I'm not a rabbi. I don't know necessarily. I'm not an expert in that field. Um, so this is the irony of it. Uh, I guess, uh, I mean, let me just remind our listeners, they're listening to True Talk on WMNF 88.5 FM and my co-host Ahmed Bidir and I am talk, are talking about Senator Bob Menendez who pleaded not guilty to federal charges in the bribery case. I don't know how he can do that, but just wanted to say that uh, there were five companies in the U.S. who were dealing with um, the uh, trade in halal food with uh, uh, Egypt. I guess, yeah, halal certifiers. And Yeah, and then they are the ones who I think went to the uh, state uh, agriculture um, uh, secretary of the agriculture, whatever they called that. And they were inquiring, like, why did you cut us off? Like, why are we all of a sudden... I mean, we, we have, their business is in the millions and millions of dollars and all of a sudden uh, they were told, uh, you know, uh, there is only one supplier. And that's, I think, how from the U.S. and uh, maybe they started to, to dig. But you mentioned something very interesting when the FBI really wants to know uh, what I cooked for dinner tonight uh, or I'm cooking for dinner tonight. They know because look at this text message or this piece of information. It was July 2018. After meetings between Mr. Menendez and Egyptian officials, and this is something that we should talk about, he texted uh, Miss Menendez to tell Mr. Hanna that he was uh, going to sign off on a multi-million dollar weapon sale to Egypt. Again, this is a text or news about a text between Mr. Menendez and his wife, Hanna. He gave her the piece of information that he is going to sign off on a multi-million dollar weapon sale to Egypt. Miss Menendez forwarded the text to Mr. Hanna, who sent it to two Egyptian officials, one of whom replied with a thumbs up emoji. They know what emojis. <laughs> we, oh my gosh, I'm going to stop using any of my emojis. 
but now I can see your emojis when they want to. But, uh, okay, this is a very, very loaded piece of information because this is, in my simple mind, isn't this like kind of espionage or... Well, this is what I thought at first. Like, okay, if they are doing... This is not just bribery because it's not like some businessman. No, this this Wa'il Hanna was acting on behalf of the Egyptian government and not only, or elements of the Egyptian uh, government, military. Not only that, he actually arranged for meetings between um, Egyptian officials and uh, that are you know in the military or possibly counterintelligence or intelligence officers to meet with. Senator Menendez directly. And, you know, at one point they wanted to circulate some sort of letter to send to the State Department or to other senators to get them to sign on to it. And um, the Egyptians said, asked Menendez, can you draft a letter for us? Because we don't know what should go in it. So Menendez himself, not using his staff because he's doing this behind his staff's back, he himself goes you know, ghost writing, like he did, he was the ghost writer for the Egyptian government to write a letter so they can send it back to him, you know, uh, back to him as if they're the ones that wrote it. So it's, you know, he's doing all this bidding and becoming even going as far as being a ghost writer for um, another government. That's kind of acting like an agent, a foreign agent for another government. And that that's not just regular bribery, I thought. Um, it, it could be, you know, espionage. It could be other things, especially when he, at one point, the Egyptian uh, officials wanted to find out how many people or who's working at the U.S. embassy in Egypt, how many of them are U.S. citizens, how many of them are Egyptian, etc. And uh, maybe this, it wasn't necessarily classified information, but it's not published and it's sensitive information. Menendez met with the State Department, got this information, and sent it to his wife, um, Nadine Menendez, and then who then forwarded it to, uh, you know, this guy named Wa El Hanna, who then forwarded to the Egyptians, Egyptian uh, officials. So this, t- to me, it seems like someone that's acting as a foreign agent, and it crosses the line possibly into some sort of espionage. And I had just, I think you and I had just read yesterday. Um, that the FBI is actually not done with him. They're looking into connections. There was a report by NBC New York that said, FBI counterintelligence investigation into Menendez Egyptian ties is ongoing. So there could be a superseding indictment that comes later on. Um, one Some anonymous source or unnamed source told uh, the NBC reporter um, Jonathan uh, Dienes, that according to sources familiar with the matter, the FBI wants to know if Egyptian intelligence or associates tried to gain access through Menendez's wife, Nadine. And like you mentioned, Menendez, who's, I think he's, what is he? Is he 70 or is he, how old is he? He's, um, I don't know. But uh, he is, he's probably uh, in his 70s. I'm not sure why you're asking that. No, because... Uh, Meaning he's he's a much older guy. Yeah. However, his wife is also, but they hasn't been married to this woman for that long. You know, no, that's why they've only been married in the past, like you know, for in four years or something. 
and he's posting on his, in, you know, I saw some of the pictures that, you know, he, I think, proposed to her at the Taj Mahal or, or something like that. But it, the relationship is not that long. And right away, and I think even it could be before the relationship even started. Yeah, I think this whole scheme started. So it raises concerns like, did you marry him just so you can make money this way or what's happening? You know, I think that's why it's raising not to know, make conspiracy. Sorry, Ahmed, not or, to make or, money. The, the investigation is to see if she was kind of a mole that she correct. Well, yeah, that's because he, this way, plan, but, this way, because yeah. he like you said, he gave the names of people who work in the uh, American, uh, American embassy in Cairo. And this is considered right. a taboo, a, a breach of security, because you don't know why a foreign country wants the addresses and the names and the phone numbers of people who work in the embassy. So this is really... Yeah, I mean, that puts them in danger and other things, and it could also, uh, they could spy on them. Uh, but I wasn't sure, I didn't actually read if he gave the full names or he only gave the count. I don't, um, the count? I don't recall that in the index. Yeah, I thought he gave a count, not all the names, names and addresses. I mean. uh, certain oh, names, okay. yeah, names I read. And that's why I'm surprised that, for instance, maybe maybe there is a deeper investigation and they just came out with all only this well, information and not the idea. Well, oftentimes, yeah, oftentimes the final, the final charges don't come out until towards the end. So sometimes they charged with one thing and then it leads to something else but to me based on what i read in the indictment it seems like it goes much further than bribery and you know i don't know some people are going to try to say that oh there's some sort of favoritism because he's the party of the president and they're kind of taking this softer approach had this been someone else they would have already accused him of some sort of you know espionage i mean you know you remember the whole trump collusion thing with the Russians. Yeah. And at the end, there was actually, you know, Mueller's report at the end did not find any concrete. As evidence. much as, you know, I don't like Trump, but concrete evidence that he actually was getting paid or, you know, they had something that he was doing for the Russians. <laughs> this is, compared to that, this is a smoking gun. I mean, they have the evidence, they have the cash, they have the gold, and this is one of the most powerful senators um, in the Democratic Party. So now it puts pressure on Democrats to whether they will, you know, have a zero tolerance when it comes to this stuff or they'll just try to, um, you know, brush it under, you know, the rug. Now, I do have some reaction okay. from one of the senators that more some Democrats, of course, have come out and called on Menendez to resign, including AOC and others. And I think Cory Booker. Yeah, he finally immediately, did. But yeah. he finally did. People were asking, like, okay, where's, why is Cory Booker, you know, silent on this? Um, but here is Senator, um, or... Um, I think Nancy Pelosi also said, uh, you know, uh, you need to resign at least 30. And of course, the whole... Uh, a gang in uh, New Jersey also said that he has to resign. But his way when he was speaking and saying the, these are lies and then and I'm reading the, like the FBI knows what emoji was sent to him. Like, how could he? I mean, I don't want to. Uh, he's he's innocent until proven guilty. But like what I am seeing and being disseminated out there looks very incriminating. And then he he's just 
denying it. Uh, but yeah, very interesting that uh, Pelosi and few people, what's most interesting, Ahmed, is that um, uh, Marco Rubio <laughs> doesn't want him to resign. Mm. I find it quite interesting that... Uh, yeah, I mean, Marco Rubio and um, Bob Menendez are both Cuban-Americans. And just, okay, I mean, just, I don't know what his reason, I didn't hear Marco Rubio's reason, mm-hmm. Mark Rubio obviously being a Republican, that it's a, not a Democrat. Which hunt, you know, uh, just like, uh, he didn't say that, but, you know, if it means that uh, if Menendez needs to resign because there is an investigation, then why is Trump running for election if there is four investigations? So I think... Mm-hmm. Some Republicans standing with him and not asking him to resign is because they know people are going to say, so what about uh, Trump? Why is he running for election if he is also under uh, indictment or uh, investigation? Did you find the clip? Um, yeah, this is a clip actually from former Representative um, Tom Melanowski. He served uh, New Jersey and he uh, was defeated. Um in the last election, so he's not in office now, but he could actually run for Senate in New Jersey because now more people are jumping in the race to unseat um, um, Bob Menendez. But here is Representative Malinowski, who's a respected member of the Democratic Party, speaking to MSNBC. And the, the whole Democratic Party in New Jersey has has come out and, and asked him to do it. Senator Booker, of course, is of all of, of all of us, the one who's been personally closest to Senator Menendez over the years. So this is a very, very important statement um, that he made. I'm sure it wasn't easy for him to make, but he speaks for absolutely all of us. We, we can't go out and tell the American people to be troubled by Donald Trump's indictments and not to vote for him and then turn around and say, but ignore this when it happens to a powerful person in our own party. So, yes, it is time. Uh, of course, the governor, Governor Murphy, came out in, uh, in favor of him resigning on Friday when he saw the indictment, as did Andy Kim and several of the other members of Congress, Senator Booker, just within the last half hour. So this was a hard decision for him. He was right behind him, as was Governor Murphy, the last time this happened, when he was indicted previously. And that those charges were dropped after it was a hung jury, so a mistrial. Yeah, I think that this one looks very, very different. For, to, is that because of the nature of the charges that are spelled out in what is called a speaking indictment? Yeah, it, it, it's the, the, the conduct described in the indictment isn't just reprehensible, it's comprehensible to, to most Americans. The, the gold bars, the hundreds of thousands of dollars in cash, all the text messages going back and forth. Um, he he will absolutely have a chance to explain all of this and to defend himself in court. He is entitled to the presumption of innocence in that context. But we do have a higher standard for people who are representing us in Washington. And, and I think this clearly um, represents something that, that we just can't, we can't have. That's uh, Representative... Um former representative uh, Tom Melanowski of New Jersey speaking to MSNBC about the indictment of Bob Menendez, who was indicted on Friday on bribery and corruption charges. Um, and now uh, the FBI is saying that the investigation is ongoing. They want to know if there are further links beyond bri- bribery 
with Egyptian intelligence officers trying to gain access to Bob Menendez's office through his wife, um, possibly suggesting that she was a plant uh, all along, that that's the whole reason she approached them. Uh, part of that, uh, Summer, as you mentioned earlier, is because Nadine Menendez, who I don't know how to pronounce her original um, Ars, Arsal, maiden name. Arsalanian. Arsalan. Arsalanian. Um, both her and Wa'elhana Hanna are, um, appear to be from the Middle East. Wa'elhana obviously being, actually was born in Egypt, but He's a um, Coptic Christian. And, and the uh, other... I, I point that out because most, most people think, okay, Egyptians are all Muslim country. But the irony of this is that upsetting a lot of people is you've got a Coptic Christian um, or a Christian that is the, the sole halal certifier. And halal being a Islamic dietary requirement. It's being you know, conducted in a, in, in, and he's a certifier. He's not, he's not Muslim. Um, and um, but he's had a long relationship with the wife of uh, Bob Menendez that goes back decades. And one of the schemes was that to reward as as a form of bribe, not only was he paying Bob Menendez, but he was also paying Nadine Menendez by giving her a no show or you know low show job, meaning he put her on his payroll at his company. She doesn't have to do any work but she's getting paid through, you know, uh, payroll, which is another form of bribery because she's not actually working. Just one other way to funnel money to the Menendez family. Actually, I am reading Ahmed now in Arabic. Uh, Meda Masr says this whole thing was starting, um, for instance, in uh, 2018, uh, Nadine uh, made sure she... Uh, arranges a meeting with this military man or uh, some mm-hmm. people say from intelligence and actually the FBI published one photo but his uh, picture is uh, uh, his face is blurred, blurred. so now uh, one of the things that she was uh, let me just uh, see okay they call him the general the general so I yeah. think we know who he is uh, I mean, oh, some okay. people are saying that it could be it's the head of the Egyptian, uh, you know, Who, uh, intelligence director. Yeah. So on May 21st, 2019, when, uh, she arranged for a meeting with this person, the one, um, the general. Uh, he was going to be uh, uh, testifying in front of the Congress and that he gave him a letter that had the questions that he will be asked because they were asking about human rights violation and why the plane that went to Turkey to assassinate Khashoggi stopped in Cairo. So that was part of the investigation and the hearings uh, on that topic. And he gave them, uh, he gave this person the questions that he was going to be asked so he can prepare before he goes and uh, testifies in front of this congressional hearing. So it's a lot. Uh, but what's interesting is that this is all in the Arabic language. This is all Mada Masr, the Egyptian publication 
uh, that is um, like like finally telling us all this uh, story. I'm not sure if it's part of the indictment, but because Hannah, after that meeting at the Washington Hotel, he went and bought 22 uh, one ounce gold, uh, which people really like. For instance, when I travel, I buy these things because like if if you need money immediately and the bank is down and and you can't get cash you can sell these ounces um so he bought 22 and they found two of them uh, in the house uh, of uh, menendez each ounce oh i didn't they can track it like for instance when well, uh, yeah Yes, they're all, if, if it's really the real ounces, they're usually in a plastic sealed. And they're uh, stamped or they have a number on them? It has a number, it has a stamp. So obviously they were able to get it. But this is going on from 2018. Uh, why now? Like there must be a reason. I mean, it takes time to investigate. By the way, uh, just for your information, I just searched on Google, how much is one ounce of gold worth? I hope they don't use this against me at some point. I'm just doing it for the, for the story because I wanted to know, you know, you said he bought 22 uh, one ounce uh, gold pieces. Each one ounce, according to today, today's price, is 1882. I'm not sure what it was at the time that he purchased it. Probably not far from that. But you're talking about, you know, 40 some thousand dollars in uh, gold that, you know, that he had purchased. And some of those pieces they found that which Hannah had, you know, purchased, they found them with Bob Menendez. It's not a lot of money at the end of the day. I was expecting like millions. Millions? Yeah. I mean, a a Mercedes car that is $64,000, it's not even their uh, most expensive. It's very petty. He's basically willing to to sell his seat and, you know, his power for very cheap. Um, I'm not sure if he's hurting for cash or what, but of course it's it's very unacceptable. But this is what he was caught with. I mean, uh, how many other other yeah, that's the question. With, yeah, know? other. Uh, Who else is is you know, and um, and this is the person that's supposed to be championing human rights in different parts of the world, holding governments accountable, overseeing the State Department, and this is how you know. I guess if if it was, and I'm saying if this was a plant by the Egyptians from the beginning to get to Menendez, well, they succeeded. And but they also know that he's very powerful. Interestingly enough, the things that he tried to meddle with, um, the the officials he was trying to influence, especially when it came to the State Department, didn't necessarily give him what he wants. So I'm not sure how much the Egyptians actually got out of this man and his relationship. Um, But nevertheless, just the way that he attempted, if it's true and it's proven that he did attempt it. Uh, then that's, you know, that's very un-American. And, of course, it shows you that there's corruption on both the Republican and the Democratic side. And just as we criticize uh, Republicans that are doing the wrong thing, we need to equally re- um, criticize Democrats, especially because they're the ones always pointing the finger uh, about that they're, you know, against corruption. Um, but 
You know, the other guy, what's his name from uh, New York? Davis. And that's, again, another name. But no, I... Santos. Isn't it George Santos? Oh, yeah. Oh, George Santos no, that... doesn't want him to resign also. Yeah. He's it's amazing. The other, the other indicted individual, George Santos, is also standing, who's on the Republican side, is also standing with Bob Menendez and does not think he should resign. It's probably because he's facing similar situations. Um, it's interesting. So it's interesting how these people are sticking together. By the way, if you're just joining us, this is Truth Talk uh, on WMNF. Summer Jarrah and myself are speaking about the indictment of Bob Menendez, which is somewhat comical as how clumsy these guys were and how reckless that they were, not really doing much to cover their tracks. Uh, it's almost as if they thought that no one is watching or that. You know, sometimes you're blinded by power, like he's above the law. Oh, he got away because Bob Menendez, as we mentioned earlier, was in fact indicted for bribery before and um, and got off because uh, there was a hung jury. Because, as you know, of course, as you know, that you need to have a unanimous jury to be able to convict, and the jury could not agree. So, uh, and the uh, Department of Justice chose not to. You know, because when it's a hung jury, they have a chance or an opportunity to do a retrial, but they chose not to, and they dropped the charges. But only for a year later that Menendez is back to what he was doing before, um, which is, you know, allegedly taking bribes uh, this time, the Egyptians. And perhaps he was already taking bribes from the Egyptians before. We just didn't know it, and he never, you know, was caught for it. Uh, but this is what's happening in the U.S. Senate. In the United States, things that you normally would hear about um, in other parts of the world, but this is happening here. And uh, he was clumsy enough to actually get caught. I mean, how many other members in the Senate or Congress are also taking bribes and doing this type of shady business but are getting away with it? It could be. And actually, I'm looking now at uh, the uh, uh, former CIA analyst, and he says, and I'm quoting here, Menendez sharing embassy staffing information is extremely troubling on a number of level levels. It's assess Egyptian security services monitoring the embassy and more importantly may suggest they viewed Menendez as a source. Uh, he is saying that the request could well be one step in testing his willingness to break rules and laws and therefore possibly assist Egyptian intelligence in more covert and damaging ways. What this uh, analyst is saying, it's that they were testing him to see if he can be their agent inside the Congress. So, um, quite interesting. Uh, um, this is again the uh, CIA analyst saying that this is really very disturbing and there probably is more uh, investigation going on again because of uh, these two things that he did, especially uh, compromising uh, people who work in the embassy cause, and giving it to foreign uh, government. And yeah, that this is very dangerous, very dangerous. And, you know, I, I'm from Egypt. And the type of, you know, I'm Egyptian. Well, I'm born in Egypt, but I'm an American. And um, what he's doing, you know, is unethical. doesn't matter if he's trying to, you know, help the Egyptian government. The Egyptian government is ruled by a bunch of generals anyway that are not helping their people. So he's not doing any service 
to the people of Egypt. He's doing a disservice to America and betraying the oath that he took. Now, everybody, so many people are calling on Menendez to resign, except, of course, a few like uh, Rubio, Marco Rubio from Florida and Santos from New York, who's facing his own indictments. But surprisingly, as Democrats, and this is in the, um, the uh, you know, leading uh, Jewish publication, The Forward, the Jewish Forward, now called Just the Forward, uh, writes uh, this headline, as Democrats urge Menendez to resign, pro-Israel PACs stand by him. APAC and NORPAC said they are acting out of appreciation for the New Jersey's senator's support for Israel. So APAC and NORPAC and so many other uh, pro-Israel PACs across the country are standing by him despite these allegations. I mean, come on. And they're saying on record to say, well, he's been good to Israel in the past. Oh my God! Uh, what about good again at the expense what, what of at the expense of the national security of the U.S.? It's very interesting if people want to go to the Intercept online and read the uh, the analysis of a CIA analyst and says, you know, this is what you do: you establish trust. Uh, and you give uh, the person you are thinking of recruiting uh, bits and pieces of uh, like little mini jobs and you don't give them too much money also. Maybe this is why, because, um, you know, if it's going to be a long-term relationship, then you're going to be careful how much money you're going to spend. And the information that Menendez got was from the State Department and the protocol is for him to inform his staff like he any he can get this information about any embassy and and most of this information actually as i'm reading is public but there is a protocol why do you want this information uh, how it should be channeled uh, through your office through your staff and then like there are rules and regulations and this is what he did not uh, do and he immediately gave it to his wife and his wife gave it to Hannah and the two other people's names I mean Daibis uh, okay if you read it in English there is no way you would think that he's he's like Cuban or Hispanic, but if you read it in, in an Arabized way, you will find that it is Daibis, and this is like from uh, greater Syria area. He could be Jordanian, Palestinian, uh, Syrian, Lebanese, Daibis, but I would say Daibis is more maybe Jordanian or like from that part uh, of the world. So he's, he's a he's a he's a colleague or a business colleague of Han. It seems like. Well, Hanna was kind of the ringleader of this, and they were benefiting uh, themselves financially, but they were also uh, using the the money. For example, they were saying basically through the halal certification that he got, where he is the um, you know basically had a monopoly on it, and none of the other certifiers in America could uh, you know they halted uh, their services. And Hanna started making millions of dollars. He used a lot of that money to be able to funnel it, allegedly, to Menendez. Uh, so this is how he funded the bribery that's happening. And I think one of the other colleagues was facing some sort of investigation. And he was trying to get some assurances that, you know, they would not investigate him. Um, oh, here's a quote from APAC, the APAC spokesperson, about Menendez, uh, it, which is in the Jewish forward. Uh, he said, this is from um, 
Marshall Whitman, he's a spokesman for uh, the American Israel Public Affairs Committee or APAC, uh, quote, the pro-Israel community deeply appreciates Senator Menendez's leadership in strengthening the U.S.-Israel relationship, Whitman said, when asked if APAC still stands by the embattled politician. Um, yeah, so APAC has some answering for to that do. position uh, to do. I mean, you know, it's uh, it's a shame that American organizations would somehow tolerate. But again, I mean, these one-issue organizations that are... You know, some people say that, you know, raising money and giving money to politicians um, to their campaign financing, you know, to fund their campaigns is a different form of legalized uh, bribery because you give them money and then they do what you want in other ways, not necessarily individually. And it can't be that way. It can't be like, okay, I'm giving you this money for your campaign so you can do this for me. I'm sure some politicians do that. Um, In this case, Menendez is even going further than that. He's actually doing it for another government, and he's doing it for uh, people that are bribing him when it comes to business. Um, we're uh, about to run out of time. Summer, uh, we're going to continue following the story about Bob Menendez. Uh, he did step down as chairman of the uh, U.S. Senate uh, you know, Foreign, Re- Foreign Affairs or Foreign Relations Committee. And uh, but he's still staying as U.S. Senator and he thinks that he's going to be cleared of these allegations and will continue to serve uh, in the U.S. Senate. So now you've got multiple people both in uh, that are in office uh, on the Democrat and Republican side that are indicted, but they're somehow allowed to serve. And in fact, I think I even heard that even if you're convicted, you can still continue to serve as long as you don't resign. Wow. The only way that these members can be actually removed if they're voted out. But that's the way our democracy is somehow set up, that it allows for people like that to continue be, to be in office. Ahmed, so, uh, do you have any final comments? Uh, actually, yeah, uh, very quickly. Uh, people, All the funds. Yeah. yeah, yeah, people in Egypt, uh, some of them on Twitter saying, you know, why are you guys upset? We are trying <laughs> to get weapons that we need to fight uh, terrorism in Sinai and all that. But we have to remind our listeners, WMNF is going to be fund uh, raising funds and uh, next Thursday, October 5th, please uh, help us uh, raise as much money as possible uh, for uh, True Talk and for WMNF, uh, you won't be getting this in-depth uh, talk uh, from Ahmed and Samar uh, about such issues, except if you tune to WMNF. So please support WMNF uh, next week, Thursday. Uh, we will be fundraising, Ahmed and I, and inshallah, Ahmed, we will be meeting our goals. Uh, thank you for being on uh, True Talk. This is WMNF 88.5 FM. NPR News should start any minute now. WMNF Tampa. WMNF Tampa.